Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where brandy meets bludgeoning, mimosa meets misdemeanour and port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. This is actually somehow (laughs) more traumatic, really. (laughs) Did they say she was a fugly slut? Okay. And that's what your wife said to me in the show. Hey. <laughs> I like to save greyhounds because they look like stilettos. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. As you can tell, I am your host, Katie Wilkins, aka Detective Sasshole. I am not sorry for anything. I will take no further questions at this time. Uh, (laughs) We are live with our patrons and people that paid to see us on Zoom. Hello and welcome to everybody in the chat. Hello, welcome. And hello to everybody. Hey, live people. And hey, everybody at home that's not live. You've got this. You're traveling through time to hear us. Now, before I keep talking about stuff like that, uh, I'm going to crack on. I would like to introduce a very special guest for this episode. Please welcome the fantastic comedian, podcast, and magician is Chantelle Fiducin-Pate. Oh, hi, guys. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. 
welcome. How are you? Well, I don't see how that's any of your business. No, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I've crossed the line. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. How are you? It's so good to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. I saw you guys live last month and it was fantastic. I loved it. So I'm very honoured to be a guest. Thank you for oh, having me. Yay! yay. Female workplace. Um, <laughs> well, we have one question for you, Chantel. Yes, I'm listening. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Several, several oh. crimes. But I think probably the biggest one I've had is actually a very basic crime. It was okay. just, it was just excessive. Okay. <laughs> it was a very pedestrian, everyday crime, but right. it just, it went on a bit. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was burgled. Okay. So standard stuff. You live in London. If you've ever this long, you're going to be burgled, right? But mm. I was burgled three times in two weeks. In the same. Oh no! In, in the, the same, same place. place. Of course, it was yes. the same place. Obviously, the same place. <laughs> no one's. This is, no one's that unlucky. No, no, I wouldn't yeah. live in London anymore. I'd be like, I get it. You guys don't want me here. I'm out. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, the same. Oh, I know, wow. it, it was the last time. True, this is completely true. It's on the police report. The last <laughs> time they came, they took my beer. No. And bear in mind, I was mid twenties, so we're talking like a red stripe at best. This is not like oh. high quality beer. <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't stripe. just a boyfriend you forgot you lived with? But- <laughs> 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 it was they took my macbook pro twice no i had one they took it my dear mother came and brought me a new one they <gasps> oh, took that one five fuck. days later oh, it God, just it just painful. never ended they trashed the place have any of no. you been victims of burglary if, if, if at all because they the worst part of it aside from they steal your stuff but you end up getting over that it's that they trash the place. They just oh. completely trash the place. That's the worst part of it. They go through all your clothes. They oh. go through all your underwear. They go through uh. everything. I did oh, eventually right, move, yeah. by the way. Spoiler, I moved. I, I was going to say, that would uh, that would uh, put a damper on, on any place, even the finest of flats. <laughs> where in London were you? Not that it matters because it happens everywhere, but I'm just curious where you were. Well, it's a place in uh, near Whitechapel called Shadwell. And okay, if yeah. you if you know Shadwell, this will all make sense to you. <laughs> and if you don't know Shadwell, just imagine your average kind of ghetto-ish part of London and then just take away hope and <laughs> that's Shadwell. <laughs> Whenever I go through it uh, on the overground, I yeah. always say, sometimes out loud, which is a shame, Shadwell by name, Shad very well by reputation. <laughs> because he's from Austin Powers. I mean, good. And, um, that's not always uh, not always good when you're sat on a tube alone and you're like, <laughs> do you have that when you go through like the tube and you have different things you have to say at each spot? No? Okay. Well, well, no, no, that's did. just you. But she, I, it's all right, you're I, engaged, I, so you found I, your person. It's all right. I, <laughs> <laughs> he has whenever whenever we go through whopping, he says that he was gonna open a bakery called Whopping Baps, which is just a stupid, hey. uh, stupid oh, joke that we do just... at Whopping. Oh, well, it is. Um, you at least you're both off the I market. Want... <laughs> I want homes. to travel with you more. I can't believe... <laughs> I mean, I've been on a few trains with you and I've got none of this. I would like all of this out loud next time, please. Is it mostly the overground? Is this an OG experience from the HG? 
You, you know what? You need you need to have, have been on the line a few times to get yourself ready, get some ideas brewing. Um, okay. And then, so mostly it's the line that I'm on the most, which is the overground. It's um, I can't wait. I mean, you should run tours. I'm sorry, Chantel, <laughs> to take away from your no, victimhood. This is, this, is, this is actually somehow more traumatic, really. <laughs> It's definitely more sad. <laughs> it is. It's definitely more sad. Yeah. This is worse than a MacBook Pro being nicked twice. Twice, guys. people. Twice. Twice. I had lots of. Week. I had lots of. I had lots of crimes, but nothing competes with talking to yourself on the overground. I know. <laughs> I know. I sort of worry people are going to give me money or something. Do you know what I mean? Just Why would like... that be a worry? That would, that would be well, an yeah. advantage. That would be yeah. great. Well, that's upside. a great way to get money. Like, oh, I hope no one donates to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my what? God. In a oh. week. This all happened in a week. Two I can't weeks. get over it. Two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Oh, no, I do it oh, every day. That's oh, two weeks. Right. That's all right. <laughs> um, two weeks. That's bonkers. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Did they break the door? Like, was, yeah, they, did they get back in because it wasn't fixed? Like, well, how did yeah, they... because as luck would have it, it happened. And the older I get, the more I, whenever I say this sentence or I tell this story, everyone cocks their eyebrow like, oh, really? Maybe oh, this okay. is... Maybe this is important because it happened during the month where my landlord was on holiday. <laughs> oh. So for yeah, everyone does that now. Everyone's like, oh, there it goes. Right. Okay. There it is. Consider my eyebrow cocked. But yeah, the door was knocked off its hinges, and then. I think I can't remember. It happened some time ago now. I think at first the, the block was broken, but the second time it was just knocked off its hinges. And that was when we were like, all right, fuck it, we're going to leave. And then they came back a third time still. And by that point, I'm not even sure how the door was connected anymore. Oh, I, think, I, think in, I think in our hearts, we'd given up. Did oh, you just we hang like, up like please. 70s beads? <laughs> I think I just want a sign playing like, please don't make a mess. <laughs> Beer's in the freezer. <laughs> please have oh, at leisure. God. So who did you live with? How many of you lived there? It was just me and my one friend, Gary. It was just me and Gary. And we obviously and were weren't you very popular. And this happened every yes, time? Yes, every time. One time it happened. I came back in the morning after being out all night because I was in my 20s and I think he found it the third time and the second time I've, I found it and it was after work which I was all very, we were all like everyone in this building knows who's done it everyone knows about this they just do not want us living here so we just oh. were like we need to just not be in this building anymore <laughs> because it happens in daylight like someone saw something and right. no one said anything i mean it was surprising the stuff they didn't take like this was like mid 2000 hmm. like 2k5 and they took like a playstation 2 and a vcr a vcr oh, no. in 2005 wow. but they didn't through all their rummaging through all my drawers they didn't find like a pair of diamond earrings I had. They stole well, a lot of valuable jewelry, but they didn't find that. I was like, you went through well, all that. You took a VCR, but not the diamond earrings. on saving the earrings. And, oh, that's one thing I remember. They took the VCR on the first trip and they got the remote for it the second trip. So oh, <laughs> I think that's why they came back. God. That's why they came back. This is they useless were, if I have to yeah, stand they, up. Yeah, they were too lazy to stand up and press pause, oh but they God. weren't too lazy to go to someone else's house to get the remote. I love how that speaks <laughs> the idea that they kept it. 
but they yeah. needed it to be more convenient. Maybe like, they, you know what? In my mind, maybe they were like independent film lovers, and the films they had were, were not available on DVD, right? Only VHS, you know, old school. Yeah, and this is you know, Blockbuster was still going at this point. Yeah, and we just helped them out. So, if anything, I like, um, do you know what? I'm grateful. This, this, the story I like to tell myself that they wanted the VCR is that like maybe they had some home family movies that they really wanted to watch. That's right. <laughs> they, they needed a VCR so they could watch that beautiful moment exactly exactly what nice guys robbed you <laughs> <laughs> or women it could have been i, I hope it yeah. was in, in a if it was women they would have found the jewelry so it was definitely men <laughs> it, was definitely, it was definitely men oh man are we say so it's almost definitely the same people each time right oh without a shadow of a doubt it had to be the same people there's, there's mm. no question in my mind at all of course what, it was the same oh, people man. we always ask on this podcast if you had them what would you say to them now and had them is whatever you want that to mean like they're in custody yes it is <laughs> um so like they can see you they can't see you do you want to shout at them do you want to attack them what would you do to them i know this this might say. sound a bit like hippy dippy but even at the time i remember yeah. thinking this that i just figured I doubt they had a great time doing this. I doubt they felt great. Okay. I doubt it ever feels that good to break into someone's house and go through someone's stuff right. and take it. So I presume... Oh, you've just not done it. Oh. No. <laughs> It's such a rush. And if it doesn't take the first three or four times, just power through. You just got to power through it. Like, it's so good. Yeah. I presume that whoever they are, they needed all my mm. crap more than I needed it. Right. And so I'm sure that at the end of the day, I'm sure they don't need to yell at them. I'm sure their life was already not in a great place or at the time wasn't in a great yeah. place. So... I mean, it was just I, at the risk of sounding a bit like, oh my God, material possessions. But literally, it was just stuff. It was okay. just some, it was a whole bunch of stuff that meant a lot to me. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I was alive. So, although going, <laughs> going through the underwear drawer was, I was a bit like, who the fuck did that? That was yeah, the one. I was that's... like, which one of y'all, who did yeah, the underwear yeah. drawer? I just know I'd be so embarrassed because it would be like 20 year old bras. There'd be like horrible <laughs> pants that I don't wear anymore. Like, my knicker drawer is like the, if you can imagine the opposite of sex. Sexy. That's what my underwear drawer is. So I'm kind of like, I know what you mean. They'd be really disappointed. I know what you mean. I couldn't. I remember at the time I couldn't stop. That was the part I couldn't stop thinking about. Was like a stranger's hands, like going through my underwear. That's and, really violating, though. Yeah, I, I thought about that mm, for weeks. On honestly, yeah. it took me months to stop jerking off over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is so wrong <laughs> especially for the listeners Chantal was miming what it looks like to have a stranger go through your pants and it was like two tarantulas <laughs> just like <laughs> playing the like, piano like that's how it was, it was like in my filing. mind <laughs> It was really hot, so yeah, you're right. I was yeah, violated. Right. We'll talk about that for the wank bank later. <laughs> oh dear me! Not the joy of doing why, these live. That's why you've got to come live if you want. Yeah. If you want stuff for the wank that's what bank. I'm saying, people, that's right. <laughs> well, forty people have left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, I can't think of a better way to conclude that story than on a wank joke. You're welcome. So Take it joke. from a married uh, from a married woman. It's the only way to finish. <laughs> wow this is drinking from 1pm taylor talking right now <laughs> so sorry i'm so mul I'm so uh, oops uh oh never mind <laughs> the word multifaceted was supposed to come out of my mouth and it didn't now it's time 
for drunk women solving crime. We never know what she's going to do next. But you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to talk about a true crime case. This case will show you how a small thing can affect a big thing. Okay. And that's what your wife said to me in the show. Hey, someone, had, someone had to do it. <laughs> and, and I'm glad it was me this time. Um, now, this is a case where actually a lot of the verdict hinges on a car accident. But this is not a case specifically about a car accident. And yet it kind of is. I'm, I'm feeding you the mystery. Now, we are talking whistleblowing. We are talking safety at work. We are talking drug use. And we are in a time span of the 70s and 80s. Okay. So my first okay. question is, what industry are we in? Ooh. Oh. Well, I remember we did one about... Was it... What was it? Can you say, <laughs> the, things, can you say the things again? Okay, yeah. So... It's sort of about a car accident. A lot of it hinges on a car accident. Okay. We're talking whistleblowing. We're talking safety at work. We are talking drug use. And we are in a time span of the 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s. What is the industry? It's I'm not the saying... same one, is it? Because it's exactly the same as the... Um... Do you remember that one that we did about... Was it nuclear power? And it was made into... The one that they made a film out of. It was your case, wasn't yeah. it? Live I can shows. confirm it's not the one that Meryl Streep's like... in the film of. Okay, because I was like, oh, fuck, it's got everything. Because that ended in a car crash. That had yeah. whistleblowing. It was oh, in yeah. the 70s and 80s. <gasps> yeah. That's Ooh. all they did in the 70s and 80s. I can see how you got there. It's not the Meryl Streep film. Karen Silkwood. Thank you, Tori Spratt. Um, it's, not that. it's not that. Is it the finance industry? Finance? Finance? Is it, is it finance? Because you mentioned People drug abuse. They love that. Yeah, that's a good That's a good Safety call. at work. I mean, if it involves women, they weren't very safe in financial institutions in the okay. 80s. Yeah. Drug, yes, that's yes. a great guess. Anyone want to advance on that? I'm going to go with the New York taxi... <laughs> establishment okay Ooh, publishing publishing i like to push up publishing publishing, publishing or finance yeah I'm trying. And, <laughs> okay nobody is quite there we are in hollywood guys oh god here we go well perfect we hollywood. are we're talking movies we're talking tv by the way i partly chose a hollywood case because we have chantelle who has a podcast that we will talk about later that's all about celebrity you stuff. did bring an expert go on and <laughs> how else would we find out that we were both in love with ethan hawk but we'll talk about that we'll later. talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so with movies tv hollywood specifically stunts Ooh, oh nice okay okay now drunk stunt man no Brad yes. Pitt in, um in the in, worst in the idea ever now this is the case of julie johnson v spelling goldberg productions so the players are julie johnson a well-respected stunt woman who has worked her way up in the industry over decades and spelling goldberg productions is a powerful production company which has since been sold to columbia pictures was that aaron spelling uh, yes. author of tory spelling nice oh is that Hollywood oh see this is the kind of intel that this is, <laughs> seriously he's her dad yeah he's her father and he um was a huge huge like the tv producer yeah. in the 70s 80s and he yeah. famously had the biggest house he had the most rooms in his really? house and Did i remember he? he famously he had one room that was just for wrapping presents oh my god the wrapping room tori spelling always oh, talks about wow. growing up in a house and one room was all it was for was wrapping presents wow what? 
Wow. That is mental. And all I can think about is that would be so useful because there's right? never a big enough table. There's never a big enough never. space. I know. Yeah, you have to tidy before you can even do it. And where is the sellotape? Oh, it's in the wrapping room. See, Aaron was just thinking. He's a smart guy. Oh, oh man. I did. Rather than get a wrapping room, I just stopped buying people presents. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he takes the stand in this case and the press are wild. Right, loads happens in this case. I've had to streamline it. So I've tried to keep as much of the juice as possible. The phrase David versus Goliath gets bandied around by the press who can't get enough of this case. Um, so just early doors, just to get your first impressions. Who do you think is going to win this case? We've got a lone stunt woman <laughs> against a very powerful production company that went on to father Tory Spelling. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not looking good for Julie. I gotta say okay okay are you different to that anybody I'm saying Spelling Goldberg win this pretty easy piece okay they win Hannah George I mean as you said the press is so into it I don't know whether there's some pressure from the press or something that means that they yeah there's just a maybe there's an out of court settlement yeah okay interesting well nobody gets justice it's gonna be great Okay, now I'm just going to whiz through one or two facts and then we are going to get straight to the meat of this because I don't know if you guys know uh, much about stunt work in the film industry, but it's been kind of a boys club in the 20th century. It's shocking, I know. But all the best jobs went to white men. Men kept doubling as women. There was blacking up. There was much less opportunity for anybody that was not white and male. Also, pushes for reform, safety standards and equality, which obviously a long, unfinished road. And finally, you've got like all these organisations, you've got the Screen Actors Guild. And then we reach the halcyon beacon of safety that was the 1970s. (laughs) (laughs) Now, also, I got all this from a book called Stunt Woman, The Untold Hollywood Story by Molly Gregory. So if anyone wants to know more about it, go get that. Uh, now, Julie Johnson has been going since the 50s. She's very respected as a stunt woman. And normally, when a man has been going that long, they progress up the career ladder to stunt coordinator. But that path didn't really exist for women because sexism. Who, no one wants to take orders from a chick. That would be madness. can't coordinate. We just yeah, can't right. coordinate. We're really bad at organising as well. We're dreadful we're just, at it. We're too emotional. We can't multitask. Too, I, mean, she, I mean, who knows what's going on in her brain, you know? Marriage, wedding, wine. The car looks like it crashed. <laughs> <laughs> There's dead people in there. One of them could be my child. What if that was the case? <laughs> I think have I st- want another baby. <laughs> you have to have an actress have to have a stunt woman to cry for them in case they never stopped. <laughs> well now julie broke barriers um when she got hired as a stunt coordinator even though women almost never got these jobs she got hired as stunt coordinator for a hit 70s tv show question what is that tv show dukes of hazard is a great guess Chips is a great guess. Any other Chips guesses? Chips is also a great guess. High five, Chantel. Oh, Hawaii Five O. <laughs> great guess. Isn't that is that surfing? Yeah, no. but it was still around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wonder what the stunts were. No, surfing. it wasn't. No, it wasn't surfing. They were. I don't know. It, it was. It was an American show in the seventies. <laughs> there was suffering in all of those. <laughs> uh, it was police in in Hawaii. I think it was a cop yeah. show. Hill Street Blues. That was eighties um, more. 
Was that 80s? Yeah, okay. that was Charlie's 80s. Angels? Yes! <gasps> Thank you, oh, Morgan nice. W. I shouldn't oh, be looking God. at you. I was just cheat? like, Hannah George. <gasps> They're not going to let us back in the country, Taylor. By the way, all the rest of the comments are about Rolo, who obviously just moved behind Taylor or yeah, something. Yeah, I was watching Rolo the whole time, to be honest. <laughs> it distracted me. Do, when he stretches like that, he looks like a high-heeled shoe. Next time he does it, like, check it out. He lo- oh, it, you've uh, been, uh, been drinking since wine, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> She tried to put it on earlier. It was he, looks like, he looks like a shoe, guys, honestly. Look at his body. My dog looks like a shoe. I like to save greyhounds because they look like stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, Julie was very well respected um, as, a, as a stunt woman, but as a stunt coordinator... It's in that same way that Hillary polled high until she said she wanted to be president. And then that made her look super vain. So Julie suddenly finds that she's encountering a lot of problems from a lot of people that previously were her friends and supported her and stuff. But But she is. By people, do you mean men? (laughs) I do. I do. And then just two women for good measure. Um, But she has also been one of the people that's instrumental in trying to like reform safety and all of this stuff. So she's actually a killjoy. (laughs) We're all thinking it. Like this, like there's like several stunt women's groups because they're trying to protect. Everyone's trying to unionize and get protection for their jobs and stuff. So she is doing all that stuff. And she's genuinely worried that people are going to get hurt. So she felt she had to say sure. something. She's doing good stuff and I'm a dick. I get it. No, I, get I it. mean, this, like, it's a comedy podcast as well I mean, as if a you crime podcast. I mean, if you're worried people are going to get hurt, maybe don't get into stunts, just saying, but okay. <laughs> well, no, but this, like, if there's a genuine craft that, and it has to be done properly. Yeah, and... the fact that that wasn't happening from the beginning Yeah, I think that's actually... what I'm surprised about. <laughs> insane like it was yeah. just this like just well, no regulations you can do to make it look real well so no but part of the problem was budgets and time so she brings up a whole list of stuff uh so she complained about the quality and safety of the vehicles that were provided the amount of time allotted to get the shots drug use by key mm. players on set and injuries that could have been avoided sexism and discrimination but like basically everything was about the actors and then however long they took you had whatever time was left to do the stunts so right. like oh, it wow. could oh often be very rushed. There was like so, so much. So stunt doubles had like no rights basically, and they had no like Yeah, kind of actually. Yeah, basically. And and everything's rushed. And it's obviously it's TV, so it's very high pressure, a lot of egos, but there's also, you know, there's simple things that people could have been doing better. But anyway, so she complains about all this stuff, and then the production company decide not to renew her contract. Oh, that's oh. such a weird tale as old as time. Yeah. Yes, isn't it? Now, she said that her um, termination was a reprisal against her complaints. And then she broke another barrier. So question, what barrier did she break next? Ooh, was she like the first woman to take uh, the production company to court or something? Oh my God, do you know what? You guys don't get to answer. Yes. Ken is cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Morgan W. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a real shame because I had a real witty comment about Farrah Fawcett's hair, but now I'm never Damn it. You see what we miss when you let people be right? Maybe maybe I'll find an opportunity to talk about feathering later. 
There's no guarantee. Now, she was the first stunt coordinator to sue her employer for unfair termination. Loads of people had fired complaints with equal opportunities, those basic bitches, but she was the first one to actually do this. She's a Society of Professional Stunt Women. She's a co-founder of the Women's Stunt Group. She's got 400 credits and primetime catalogue for 20 years. So she's saying she's wrongfully terminated as a stunt coordinator because she was too outspoken on safety matters. But it is actually very difficult for her to do this and get this to go to trial. So she was fired in February 1980. She filed three lawsuits and two were dismissed. So my question is, when did her trial finally begin? I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? It's ironic that like her trying to get safety to be better in stunting... Or, you know, in in being a stunt person, would mean less lawsuits for a company. Yeah, and you know, and then suddenly they've got a lawsuit because they're not listening to this like pretty amazing sounding woman. So it's like, unfortunately, I think that I think it's probably at least <laughs> ten years, maybe until okay, they actually years. bother to. So maybe nineteen ninety. I'm so sorry because we are absolutely not going to reference comments, but, but someone somebody... put 1912. <laughs> someone said the trial started in 1912. I'm going to say um, the year of 1988, which I believe okay. is the year that Working Girl came out. So maybe okay. everyone thought, let's let listen, let's listen to this woman. Right. So yeah. I love the stunts in Working Girl. I mean, who didn't? Right? <laughs> the hair alone was a stunt. Speaking of feathered hair. <laughs> 1984. Okay. In that case, right, Chantelle gets Orwell. it. But it was 1987, but that is by that far close the enough. closest. Close yeah. That was the year I was born. Do you think I was born? And they were like, we need to make things better for women. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the best child is a woman. Quick, fix everything. It's a better time to go to court because the shoulder pads were just enormous by then. And I just feel like there would have been more authority yeah. as a woman in court with the pads. You hear me, Yeah, right? and they were really, they were working wonders with eyeshadow back there, guys. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. It wasn't just this, like, the, oh, just, it wasn't this yeah. Kardashian black shit. It was like blue, green, purple, and that was just one eyelid. They were doing, power, <laughs> they were doing powers. so much back then. So if you're That's a lawyer true. back then, you really were into business, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah, Joan yeah. Cusack. Now I'm just thinking of Working Girl. Oh, I know what I'm watching Coffee, when I'm done with this. Me. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I've left it long enough. I can watch that film again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you have to leave it a certain amount of time. Well, no, but when you overwatch, something you're like okay i gotta wait you can't overwatch working girl especially not with that harrison ford scene we all know what i'm talking about (laughs) changing the shirt (laughs) now the reason that it took so long is because no one wanted to take her case and she lost her house trying to fund she lost her house in 1984 trying to fund this Oh, sure. Um, so 68 attorneys interviewed her four separate firms took her case and then dropped it And every time she found a new lawyer, they would get threats and quit. And she got threats. An ominous voice on the phone told her there's a bullet with your name on it. And she said that she felt this whenever she left the house. And she's also quoted as saying, sometimes I wish they'd get it over with. Other times I thought I'd catch the bullet in my teeth and spit it back. Oh, how has this wow. not been made into a movie for which the lead actress obviously wins the Oscar? Hello, oh my God, this is like Aaron Brockovich part two. I know that is, I, and like that's a proper quote. That's not even like that's wow. amazing. It's also, cool. 
I thought you said that the actress is Winsley Oscar. And I was like, who's Winsley Oscar? <laughs> I have like, never heard of her. Why are we casting her? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gosh, what a Oh, great my God, plan. that's such an actor's name, Winsley Oscar. <laughs> Winsley <Yeah>. Oscar. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Winsley Oscar. <laughs> yeah, like the, her parents named them with nominative determinism. <laughs> Now, one of her lawyers said that he was surprised that she hadn't been found dead on Mulholland Drive. And on the eve of the trial starting, another (laughs) lawyer dropped her, saying that the mafia had told him to get off the case. And the judge gave her 30 days to find a new attorney. Oh my God, who was her amazing attorney? Well, this is my question to you. Did she manage to find another lawyer to take her case? I mean, she must have done, because I feel as though... I don't know, because you, you said... That when uh, the man with the wrapping room, when he yeah, uh, telling, yeah. when he took the stand, so it makes me think there was a court case. So she must have. Yeah, found. she could but have represented can, herself. Yeah, this oh, is sort unless, of. Did she represent big herself? Mistake. Yeah, or if she wrapped herself, she, get... I, she definitely did not win this. So, <laughs> so I'm not sure we'd even be talking about it to be honest. So it would make the movie so cool, though. She has. So you got to weigh up. You, it's true. She she has to have gotten a lawyer. Okay, so got, gets a lawyer from Chantel. Mm. Anybody else? Yeah, like, like a young upstart female lawyer started her firm, like an Angela Bassett type who's just yeah. trying to make her way in the world of law, you know, similar women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like uh, an older lawyer that's going to like take it as their last case. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would work for the movie. They keep sure. doing a Danny Glover like from um, Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this shit. They keep having that refrain. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And maybe pulling. his daughter worked as a stunt woman and was killed on set. So this is his way. Oh my god, guys, oh, look, so let's make the film. Screw the crime. Let's make the film. <laughs> <laughs> because yes. men can't feel anything unless they have a daughter. Unless or they have a, a daughter. Wife. Yeah. yeah, because women aren't people. That's right. Yeah. Unless they're your daughter or wife. Yeah. It humanizes yeah. them when you make one yeah <laughs> and that's the only way so tell, tell us in, what happened Katie. tell us drunk women solving crime hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, she does find a new lawyer Okay, five days before the deadline. Oh my God, honestly. Cutting it fine. So she went through the courthouse. In the film, it'll be just minutes. 
It'll be 20 minutes, yeah. I'll run up the steps of the courthouse. I'll be your lawyer. She goes through the courthouse archives and she found a lawyer that had already been, that had already represented someone against Spelling Goldberg. And so she figured that he'd be up for it. Got a vendetta on her hands. So she gets Richard Gray. Now, Gray wants to prove drug use because he felt that that was the crux of the case. That's simple. He said all the other stuff, all the sexism, that's distracting and hard to prove. Um, but proving illegal drug use was tangible and then that could prove an unsafe environment with lives at risk and then that would show cause and effect of her complaining and then her termination and that kind of termination is a serious violation of California's public policy Well done, Richard Bray. Yes. Played in the film, by the way, by Richard Gere. I think it'd be perfect. (laughs) That could work. That could work. (laughs) Nice. And the whole time he has his top off. I don't know why it just feels right. (laughs) Like someone keeps spilling drinks on him or something. Yeah. Some, Some intern yes the aircon stopped working and I, just, I, off I don't know if i want to see richard gear with his shirt off these oh days. he's still got it he's a silver fox does he don't be putting I haven't down seen him and don't be sleeping on richard gear he's got it okay okay right. it's been a while since i've seen him around the man gave us pretty woman show him some respect Taylor. seriously <laughs> I promise you a car crash, and by God, I've yes. done it. So a lot of it hinges on this car incident. So basically, when they were filming this series, this season of Charlie's Angels, there was a stunt with a car. And in this stunt, Julie and another awesome stunt woman called Jean Coulter, like Google her just for the love of it. Like she's amazing too. They were supposed to roll backwards out of a moving car. There's like a car chase. A car is chasing this car. And they're supposed Mm -hmm. to roll out backwards, but it went wrong and they got injured and they had to go to A&E and it was a whole thing with Jean. And now it's a whole thing with Jean. (laughs) You guys, any fans of the SNL twin bed sketching? I um, I butchered it, sure. It's just me. (laughs) Now, the driver of the car is a stuntman called Bobby Bass. Now, his speciality is supposed to be cars. And he's been going as long as Julie has, uh, Julie Johnson. They both started in the 50s, the guy that you get for car stuff. Bobby Bass. Bobby Bass, right? Just wanted to say it. It's like, tell me you're from the 70s without telling me you're from the 70s. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a stunt guy called Bobby Bass over here. What do you want? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm seeing him like above a door frame and he's like, you know that, what is it called? Billy Bass, that thing. Yeah, he's a fish. Oh, the fish. Yeah. Billy Bass. Yeah, it was the singing fish, right? There's no way that someone named Bobby Bass is getting a job in tech. You know what I mean? That's very much, that's that's a physical job. You've got to have a physical job with that name. It's true. (laughs) Um, Now, Julie and Jean's testimony of how it went down conflicted with everybody else's accounts. And they both said that during rehearsals, Bobby Bass was not paying attention he was kind of not there, Jean had testified. Classic Bobby. Classic Bobby. Question, what speed did Julie and Jean say they'd all agreed that the car would be going? 55 miles per hour. Okay. Whoa, that's pretty that's fast. fast. But, but I like it. <laughs> I was, was going to say 15. <laughs> but I also feel like, um, I've watched quite a lot of stuff about stunt people, and I feel like they do the stunts at really crazy speed. Like, it's not, like, it's almost like, it's not fake. They just strap themselves into these fucking cars. That's what I'm thinking. Back wear then, helmets. before regulations, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I feel like they were probably, they probably agreed maybe on... I think 60 maybe would look strong enough. Like it would look fast enough. Because I think if you're going at 15, there's only so much you can speed up the footage (laughs) to make it look like... 
Oh, Mind you, okay. in all those old shows, they would look sped up, the um, chase scene. So Taylor's probably right. Um, Very true. Well, you guys, I am giving it to Taylor. Yeah. They had agreed 12 to 15 miles <laughs> per hour because <laughs> they Me had and Hannah should of... not be stunt people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go they want to go back to the Round old number. days. <laughs> I mean, what? We gave you them helmets. You want it fast? We'll make it fast. <laughs> you want to make yeah. it look like a man's on fire? We're going to let a man on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah was born the year they made this all safe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> they had a way they would crank the camera in a certain way so that when they could play back the footage it would look faster right so that was the plan and that's that was a legit strategy that they would employ across everything but, but what did anyone else say they agreed on well exactly this is what we're getting to when they came time to do this shot Bobby Bass was driving twice as fast as Ooh. everybody had agreed I was about the quarter of when I would have gone yeah <laughs> right Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's no. crazy, isn't it? Because if you fucking just like if you agree on something like that, like you mm. do not like. Yeah, it's paramount. And like the thing is, that I thought it was universal. Yeah, I thought it was Yay. universal. That's weird. <laughs> She's always on. She's always on. No, no. But the thing is, there are there pro- there are stunts where you would go faster. But they had agreed to do this stunt in this particular way with this mm-hmm. particular yeah, camera. Yeah, that's really shitty, Bobby. And you can now, just imagine him on a date going faster than you want. So, <laughs> Bobby, I said first base, and you've already hit a home run. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> my god I Taylor's not... getting to that kind of level of drunk <laughs> we're getting to that time of night I'm I mean, not even drunk I mean, I'm just me oh. technically you sobering up by now do you know what I keep because when I look at myself I'm so shiny I look like um, a Punch and Judy doll to myself <laughs> do you know what I mean like that I that do know sheen. what you mean and this, um, is an, this is another reason why you need to buy tickets and see us live on Patreon if you want to see <laughs> Taylor's face looked like a puppet of domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah, why has she got a string of sausages next to her? That's weird. <laughs> so to do with Rolo. Where did that That's my dog. <laughs> oh, God. This is... Anyway, right. Back to the just terrible stuff in the case. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, go on. So, so far, Bobby Bass, what is he playing at? Okay, what is he playing at now? So, Jean and Julie said that they were Oh, injured. my God. Sorry. Go on, what? Well, I saw it as well. Someone just I said it. I saw it. <laughs> it reminds I saw it. me of the saw puppet. That's not. That's un- that's unnecessary. Un- <laughs> no, I didn't say it's untrue, it looks, but it's unnecessary. No, it's so what I look like right now. Oh, you guys got to do the live zoom and see me look like the saw puppet. <laughs> I refute that. <laughs> I don't look at that shine. Okay, go ahead. Stop um, people and rights. So they said that they've been injured. Because he was going twice as fast as had been agreed in the rehearsals. Everybody else testified that they had been hurt because they had not jumped correctly. Right. So, so they blamed them, obviously, of course. They blamed, blamed the girls. them. Yeah. We've got some, like, basically everyone is towing the party line and they're, like, we've got some he said, she said classic stuff. And they also said, Gene and Judy said, that in a short break before the stunt, they had heard that Bobby Bass and the others might have used drugs, specifically cocaine. Uh, but of course, no one else recalled anyone taking a break or using drugs. So Bobby Bass takes a stand and Gray goes for him. And he's all like asking him all these questions. So Bobby Bass does admit that he knew the camera was crank. So it would look like it was faster than it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're did... not going to lie to Richard Gere with his shirt off, are you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But he does um, deny everything else. Um and because also Julie had been complaining about all these cars and he was like, yeah, she definitely complained about the cars and stuff. So Gray tries to catch him out 
And so basically also there was an, during all these car stunts, there was another bit where, so there's another car chasing the car that they're doing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit where Bobby Bass was supposed to spin a car 180 degrees and he's a car guy. So that's like nothing to him and he couldn't do it. Like, so he, it's reported up that he couldn't, he tried four or five mm. times and he couldn't do it. It happens and, to all the stunt guys from time to time. <laughs> they can't do the 180. But so Julie and Gina testify that somebody else had to do it. And so Gray tries to catch Bobby Bass out. And he's like, mm. you know, you couldn't, he's supposed to specialize his cars. And Gray says, isn't it true that, sorry, just get ready for another 70s name. Oh, isn't it true that Ronnie Rondell? Yes. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> had to do it for you that day because you were not in condition to make that vehicle spin. And Bobby denies this. And then another stunt guy called Harrison backs him up and they say that Bass had done the spin. Wait, I thought you meant them. that someone's name was Harrison backs him up. This is getting better I and better. misled you. I know. Um, but like basically, yeah. So like everybody doubles down on their stories and it's just like these two women look like liars. Also, obviously, Spelling Goldberg need to make Judy look like a dick. So my question is, what kind of stuff do they say about her that will make her look like a dick? Hmm. Do they say she's on her period? Nice. All the time. Yeah. Period. Great one. Anyone else? (laughs) (laughs) Emotional because of her period. Always leaving to go buy tampons for her period. Just... This woman in her period. Just too much period. Too stuff. much period. Would they yeah. say a bit like, I think it's been in the news recently, all this stuff about like, oh, is she using her womanly wiles because that's the only thing that women right. can do? Like, you yeah. know, like it's been said, yeah. I can't even remember who about, but yeah, it's been said recently. It's like, oh, she uses her female way. So are they trying to discredit her by saying that, oh, well, she was always flirting or something? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have they said that she's like, um, did they say that she was like in love with Bobby Bass, whatever his name is, and that this is all a ploy? They've been on a date Ooh, and she was rejected. Yeah. And this is actually all a personal mm. vendetta she has against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, These are God. great answers. Any advance before I tell you? Did they say that she crosses her legs a lot? Oh my god! That was it. This is, this is very topical. I don't know mm. when this is coming out. I wondered um, if they were gonna just make it out like no one liked her because obviously she was yeah. somebody who spoke up. So they were just like, I mean, no, but like, was it just a a mean girls attack? Like well, nobody see, liked working with she, her. Did and... they say she was a fugly slut? Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, these are all great guesses, and you're you're not far. They said that she was stroppy, unprofessional, incompetent, that her stunts were boring, and that she didn't understand cameras. And they're also part of. Her stunts were boring. Oh, but genuinely, there's more to that. And they also said that the ratings were down, but. They blamed the ratings on her? On her stunts. But the thing is, is this is the classic thing of like the ratings were down, and then they let a woman take the helm. So that they can then say, oh, look, we can never give women jobs because like uh, the this is, and, and most of the CEOs that are women is because like the company was about to fucking fold and then they were like, right, you can, yeah. you, you can have a try. And, and do you know and- why the ratings were actually down? Is because Farrah Fawcett stopped feathering her hair. There we go. We got there, guys. <laughs> we got there. Don't I'm worry so about it. I'm so relieved that we got back We to did that. it. We can all relax. Um... So, but also this is their, this is their allegation, and there was a thing where they the show did get moved to a different slot, but I think it had been struggling anyway. And in the book that I read, there's a lot more to that, but I don't have time for it now. It's just that thing of like, so they were their claim was that they were trying to go for a younger audience and blah blah blah. But the thing yeah. is, 
they're claiming that her stunts are boring. And then there's this whole bit with this, the camera guy, the first DP absolutely hates her and he doesn't put the cameras anywhere that she tells him. So it's kind of like, well, you can't really say that her stunts are boring when no one's done what she no actually told you to yeah. do. Yeah, mm. exactly. So they've got all this evidence to show that she's like really unreasonable. And I just want to tell, share a tiny bit of it with you because it's just so crazy. Um, there's a bit where they're on location in Colorado and a witness said that Julie had gotten a strop at one point and stomped off to a snowcat to sulk and that this demonstrated her bad attitude. <laughs> and then like when Julie takes a stand, she said that she was sent there to wait until they were ready to shoot the scene. Oh, for <laughs> goodness sake. <laughs> God, then, this, uh, this bullshit is just, oh, it's just this whole thing drives me crazy. It's, it's actually kind of upsetting and I'm sorry I mean, why about that. You you can't like a man and, why couldn't you take it like a man and just go do some coke and then drive a car too fast? Yeah. I mean, come on. Why can't she endanger some people like a man? This is my favourite one. Somebody testified that she was unprofessional because she didn't carry a briefcase. Um, But wait, let me finish. When Julie was on the stand, she was like, I absolutely did carry a briefcase. (laughs) She did carry a briefcase. And this is my next question to you guys. What do stunt coordinators keep in their briefcases? That was my question. (laughs) What What Um, is in a stunt coordinator's briefcase? And this is a fun question. So go nuts. I guess I just that. like the um, uh, the storyboard for the stunts they're doing. Yes, love it. Is it a first aid kit? First aid kit, love it. Yeah, I went. That's what I was thinking of, like bandages and splints. And... Oh, and based on what we've heard, cocaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the others had cocaine. Um, or is it a bit like um, falling down? You know the movie Falling Down, where yeah. Michael Douglas has got his briefcase, and because he lost his job a long time ago. Sorry, spoilers, going. Spoiler, guys. Because um, he lost his job, he pretty much just has a sandwich in there. That's all he has in his briefcase. So I don't know whether it's a kind of a sandwich. Is sandwich. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, they might have lunch. He's having just I be was, a sandwich. The answer now, Chantal is the closest. But what I was really looking for was toy cars. Oh, how, they have toy cars to demonstrate how to they're going to do the stunts. Okay, I mean, just crazy. like how just like how actors just have little figures, and they're like, "I don't want you to leave. Yeah, you gotta go." <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, you're gonna go over here looking sad. Also, why part of what I liked about this case was that half half of the trial is people explaining their jobs because no one understands right. stunt work. So it's like educating the public takes up most of the time. Oh, also, so the other issue, one of the big issues that she had was she the, she hated these cars. Some of them had seatbelts, but then the seatbelts didn't work. And she would only get the cars like minutes before they're about to do a stunt. And she kept saying to the transportation department, I need this, these cars ahead of time. I want to check mm. them over. Transportation was not checking them over to an adequate degree either. But they, in court, they tried to claim that all of that was still Julie's fault. So question, why did they say that it was Julie's fault that these cars weren't safe, even though there's a whole different, like, le- levels of departments that are all in charge of cars? How is that how still did Julie's they, How would they pin that on her? Bobby, Bobby Bass is the car guy. So how would they pin it on her that they weren't safe? I will give you a clue. I don't know if this helps. This type of argument happens now and it makes me sad and angry. Yeah, you were right when you said you're not sure if it was going to help, but didn't. Yeah, didn't. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, this kind of argument. Why is it her fault? She's asked for these cars. They because she come. didn't ask in advance? Yeah, that's the only thing. I could, a timing issue seems pretty okay. pedantic. Because she should have known more okay. about it? 
Yeah, any, because any advance on that? I, I don't understand how she would have, because she's not in charge of the cars. I keep thinking they might say something yeah. along the lines of girls don't know about cars, but it wasn't her job to know about the no okay so you guys are close basically they put this down to her lack of assertiveness oh my god so she should have been much more assertive about saying she needed these cars at certain times so she's stroppy but she's not assertive enough she complains too much but also not enough isn't it yes this is exactly or she complains too much but she's never aggressive enough when she does complain which is all the time Uh uh-huh yeah exactly this so i really hope this ends the way that i didn't think it was gonna end at the beginning (laughs) okay well actually i was gonna ask you we're getting to the verdict has anyone changed their mind who do you think is gonna win at the moment I mean, I'm well, hoping fuck, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm hoping mm. that she comes through him. Because if she wins, wouldn't that have then changed stunt coordination laws, maybe? And that'd be why things are safer now? Yeah. I hope she wins, but I'd still be surprised. Happily yeah. surprised. Okay. You guys different to that or the same? Yeah, I'd be happily surprised. Happily surprised? I want her to win more than anything because it's just like, she's just this fucking character assassination of like somebody who is just trying to be good at her job and to make the job better for other people. And because that's sort of like something that doesn't seem to be the way it's done, she's suddenly this... You know what? I think she's going to win this. Yeah, I'm going Taylor. She's going to win this, Jory Johnson. All right, I love it. Now... Before I tell you the verdict, I want to tell you one more thing. Something happened three months before Julie's case began, which may have affected the outcome. Would anyone like to take a guess about what that was? I bet it's like a, a horrible disaster or something, a huge stunt that went wrong. Ooh, that men, they've gone, we need change. Okay, does anyone want to get more specific than that? But basically, you are not far off. Name that terrible tragedy. <laughs> Somebody died on set in the 80s. In the 80s? Was it Brandon Lee? Was it the <gasps> was it Was it Michael Jackson doing the advert where his hair caught on fire? It was not Michael Jackson. Well, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon Lee was later, wasn't it? It's not, Brandon, it's not Brandon Lee, actually. It's 90s. No. But it was, it was somebody dying on set. It was. Um, okay. Goodness me. Okay, I don't so think I know it. I'm going to tell you guys, it was the Twilight Zone. Um, oh, I don't know okay. if you remember this, but the, there was this Twilight Zone. They were going to make a movie of it. And in 1982, an actor called Vic Morrow and two child actors were killed in a helicopter crash. Ooh. And that trial had been ongoing. And on May 30th, 1987, three months before her case began, a jury had found John Landis and four other defendants not guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Oh, yeah, I do know about this. So basically, this has been bubbling. So she's been instrumental in all of these safety things. She's been trying to do her thing. But in the meantime, stuff that she's also kind of been influencing has been bubbling up and and yeah they talk about this in one of the netflix series you know because now that you said john landis it rings a bell because they were talking about him being kind of embroiled in that anyway that's by the yeah we have got to stop going to helicopters guys i you couldn't pay me there's just (laughs) just i would never go in a helicopter it's just it happens so often it's not worth it Mm. (laughs) or do you think it happens because often people in helicopters are so high profile that we hear about it more Perhaps. If you see what I mean, in terms of modes of transport, there's probably, I don't know. I mean, but Concord was high profile. It took one crash and it was done. <laughs> Helicopters well, have had true. so many. <laughs> well, there was also in this book, and it's separate to this, but there was a whole bit about how when there was, when it was more of a wild west and there was less legislation, 
people would say to the actors, do you want to do your stunts? And the actors would feel like they kind of had to say yes. And this is one of the things that was annoying stunt people because they were like, A, it's not safe. B, you've pressured him into saying, you know, like mm. he's not comfortable and mm. it's not safe. And I'm an expert and I know how to do this. And, and so there was this kind of like slightly toxic... That it was also it was like bragging rights. Like I do my own stance. I do my yeah. own stance. It was a big deal. Like it was. There was this mad culture that until stuff got like this. Yes. After the Twilight Zone thing, the Screen Actors Guild started negotiating because also there'd been all these suggestions. This should be taken up. This should be taken up. This should be taken up. And nothing had been taken up legally. It wasn't because they didn't want people to die. It was because it was going to cost more money if they got sued. They were like, all right, fine, we'll have yeah. rules. It wasn't like the life, it was the price of money. So basically, SAG steps into the breach and starts bargaining agreements and safety requirements and getting them into legis- legislature? Legislature. Legislature. Legislature? <laughs> legislature. That's the one. Um, and that included seatbelts in cars, funnily enough. So... I will tell you the verdict. On September 2nd, 1987, after four days of deliberation, the verdict of Johnson v. Spelling Goldberg arrived and the jury awarded $1.1 million to Julie Johnson. Yay, she won! Julie! Yes. But, nice. But, Take oh, back no, to no. your special room and wrap it up, Erin. Oh, oh, no. no. Sorry that there's oh, no. a but, you guys. She never got that money, did she? She did not get that money. Um, she was very happy. Uh, she she said I heard the words and I could not believe it she'd actually never expected she, she realised in that moment that she'd never expected to receive justice but she was trying to make a point basically Spelling Goldberg later appealed and they got it all back again oh for fuck's sake I mean Aaron Spelling I'm sorry poops out that money like especially back then he, yeah. every morning on his wrapping room alone his wrapping he room spends alone. that yeah. yeah easily he doesn't even need it she wasn't doing it for the money right she, she just doesn't wasn't. feel like that kind of oh my god my fucking cat is eating my crisps that I was going to eat later <laughs> go for it <laughs> do it fluffers <laughs> You bastard, that was my treat. Oh, his little oh. head in the bowl. I <laughs> love bad for him. <laughs> He'll learn. Also, Good, that's karma, instant karma. He's going to shit all over my kitchen, that'll teach him. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love the fact, Katie, that you're like, I could not possibly go into the kitchen after this and it goes straight to the crisps. <laughs> like You've got them like lined up from legend. <laughs> and that's your treat. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Guys. How sad is my life? <laughs> now. Oh. Just kidding, you guys. This is the treat. <laughs> that's worse. Okay, go on. <laughs> is that worse? Yeah, that's like Hannah's overground. Yeah. yeah. Damn. No. Speaking of things that are worse, so Julie's uh, opinion. So it's all been appealed, and well, so it's all yeah. been erased. So Hollywood twist. She gets nothing. So Julie Ugh. said she never got a dime from the money, and then of course she was blacklisted. <sighs> she lost work. So I'm wrapping this up, but according to IMDb. She went on to do stunts for Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo in 99, oh, Spider-Man not... 2004, oh, okay. Smoking Aces 2006, and many others. I've just picked a random bunch to tell you. But there is actually a documentary about this made in 2020. I think she's still alive, and you can literally watch clips of her on YouTube talking about this because it's from the documentary. Oh, wow. And how oh, she cool. just she wanted parity and safety. She is an amazing lady, so let's raise a glass to yes, trailblazer Julie Johnson. Yes, Julie Johnson. Drunk women solving crime. I would like to do a shout out to our listener, Vicky. Hey. 
So, Vicky, happy birthday for yesterday. And congratulations on finishing your course. Yay. Vicky. The I drag women salute in... you. Yes. Oh, she do. said thank you, guys. You're very oh, welcome. Stunt woman course, which is interesting. Oh my god. Do I look safer now? So the listener crime I shall read. Hey. Dear drunk women, I need also sorry, by the way, I've just got to oh, show you. Oh, back this. to the, the real crime of the evening, the, the cat and the crisps. The cat beef. <laughs> Oh, that's how she's gotten rid of some she didn't can approve you, of. Can you see but I don't eat those ones that are that small. Sorry, yeah, I have standards. Those ones have not made the cut. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Right, sorry. Now, dear drunk women, I need your help. And an incident occurred almost 10 years ago. I was 18 years old and lived at my parents in a house in the countryside. One morning, the door from the kitchen to the garden was broken open. My entire family was sleeping upstairs and we didn't hear a thing. There were muddy footprints on the kitchen floor. They were pretty big, so we assumed it was from men's shoes. There was nothing or me, stolen. To be honest, <laughs> or, or some tall women like Hannah and Katie. Um, <laughs> there was nothing stolen, but the door from a room where we store our bikes was open too, probably the escape route. But that door is not obvious as an exit if you don't know the house. The suspects. I love when there's a list of suspects. Okay. (laughs) Ex-boyfriend is suspect number one. I dumped my first boyfriend two weeks before the incident. He was pretty much obsessed with me. Don't know why. Oh, come on. He he was obsessed with me. I don't know why. He was totally (laughs) obsessed. Like, he couldn't get over me. I broke his heart. Totally. We hear you. We hear you. (laughs) It's it's a sweet, humble brag. I salute you. So, did he come by at night to see me or maybe do something else? Okay, suspect number two. Friend. The evening before this happened, a male friend visited. Male is in brackets. Like, it's not important, but, like, we all know it's the men. He was also well, obsessed with shoe. me. <laughs> the shoes. Well, because of the footprints, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he come back at night? What for? When I asked him if he could have left the footprints mm. when he visited, he said, he wasn't back out there. Was he lying? Suspect number three is gangs. There are sometimes some burglar gangs going through the neighbourhoods, watching out for houses to break in. Our house is in a rather posh neighbourhood, but our house would definitely be the least interesting of them. Were they here to check it out? Please help put this case to rest. So, presumably, they did not get closure from the police, and that's a proper burglar. So they didn't actually, did they, From sorry, they didn't actually steal anything. Nothing was stolen. They just broke in, walked around with their muddy feet. Classic men. Didn't come about from themselves. Oh, they didn't steal. Hang on, money. This feels friends. like creepy ex-boyfriend to me. Well, Actually, I don't no, know. She, that... does, she doesn't specify. He says that the door was opened to the bicycles. <laughs> she's commented. Oh, yeah. she's commented. Okay. Oh, here we she go. She said no oh, police is... involved and nothing was stolen. Oh, this is great because we can ask questions. Actually, I know so we no... always wish we could ask okay. questions. Also, yeah, this is perfect. This is the perfect way to do this. Okay. Um, I had to say, the fact that the male friend said I wasn't around that way again is a really fucking weird answer to the question, did you break into my house? <laughs> I would never say, oh, I wasn't around that way again. As if, if I was, I would have. But oh, well, yeah. I wasn't in that area that night. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that like, doesn't sound like a brilliant excuse. Yeah, pick a better <laughs> excuse. Also, she said that the theory of the ex-boyfriend was from my mum. Now... Oh, moms think... hate ex-boyfriends. But moms always know. Not my mom, <laughs> but a lot of moms always know. <laughs> I always think there's an instinct with mums. And maybe, because I feel like, because it, it almost feels like quite comedic that they broke in, 
walked towards potentially where the stairs is and then heard something and immediately just took the door mm. out and was just like, I'm going to go, this is a bad idea. Yes. Um, it speaks to cold feet, doesn't it? Muddy feet, am I right? Muddy guess? feet. Muddy, cold feet. Mm. I, I'm leaning towards the ex-boyfriend, like, for sure. Because nothing was stolen. It's like a slightly spooky intimidation unsettling kind of thing which is exactly the kind of thing a shitty ex-boyfriend would be trying to do like was oh, it maybe maybe she'll come crying to me and i can support her see that's sh- why i think it's the male friends because oh, she really? wasn't even in touch with the ex-boyfriend at no point in that did she say i asked my ex-boyfriend i feel like they weren't even in contact so he never even got to find out how upset she was, whereas the male friend yeah. did. And he got to be, oh, my God, you were so upset. No, I wasn't even in the area that night. But but had yeah, I been, you know, I, I would have probably saved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see your point. We've forgotten to ask a very important question. Was it Christmas Eve? <laughs> oh, Just saying. Taylor. Taylor has blown this wide open. Where are all the cookies and milk gone? Oh. Also, I like that somebody in the chat asked, are there any pets? Like, there's a pet that has size Big eight men's feet. Like, yeah. and, and, and is coordinated enough. To, yeah. yeah, but I think the the real giveaway is the fact that you wouldn't know that there was an exit sort of through that door. It had to be someone that was in the house before. I think it's I think it's the ex boyfriend or it's the mother because we do like to blame the mothers, don't we? Oh, well, you think it's yes. the mother trying to put her off the ex boyfriend? Yeah, Naomi, were you thinking of getting back with the ex boyfriend? And yeah. your mum was like, right, I'm gonna wow, get a big pair I'm of men's strap on some boots. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Look, there's some advice for you as your kids get did. older. Here, here's what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That is playing the long game. I like that. <gasps> okay. Oh my god, it's an inside job. Uh... Inside job. Okay, sorry, we've blamed your mum. <laughs> I hope that helps. I mean, you probably blame her for everything else. <laughs> yeah. Not only did she not support your dream to become a ballerina, but she also framed your ex-boyfriend. And she didn't oh, buy you a got pony. deep with Katie. <laughs> was it maybe just somebody, like, nice neighborhood was it like a neighbor who was just really drunk and walked into the wrong house i like that one as well and there was like no guess just someone just went oh shit if they all look the same here yeah Yeah. and they just politely left yeah and just politely left had been invited over a couple times so knew the back route and i'll just let myself out and we'll never talk about it and they probably they probably said to themselves oh frightfully sorry as they oh naomi has reminded us broke the door to enter and maybe it was a very maybe uh, they're used to coming home when the wife's gone well, to bed. Could, well, if it's a drunk neighbour, it's like, no harm, no foul. And yeah. then just like, wow, God, I can't remember my keys every day and then just smash their way in. Yeah. There's a lot of drunks in the countryside. We have a lot of car crashes on the countryside road that I live in. Oh, dear. Sorry, that's a separate issue. But... Um, <laughs> Everyone drinks and then drives home because they're like, well, it doesn't count because it's the countryside. Oh, my God, that's God. terrifying. I know, it's crazy. It is terrifying. But I think... Um, Yikes. I think Santa Claus is probably... I'm I'm going to back Santa Claus. Are you throwing Santa under the bus here? I'm saying it was Santa and maybe, Naomi, you hadn't been good enough to get presents that year. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's Naomi, also... That she she didn't get coal. Why would Santa Claus smash her door in and then just put muddy footprints? She was that bad. send a message. Hmm. Okay. I bet All they right. hadn't cleaned their chimney well enough that year. And he nice. likes to send a message to people that don't get the sweep in once a year. All right. Well, listen, I hope that that's helped. Now, 
<laughs> I think we solved it. We have just enough time. Chantal, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Tell us about your awesome podcast. Tell us everything you're up to. I am. Thank you for bringing it up again. I do have an awesome podcast you can all come listen to. You it's called. Do. I do. We've had Taylor on already. I'm sure oh we'll God, have. Yay. I'm sure we'll have Hannah and Katie on as well. It's called The Way They Were. Um, it's an amazing podcast if you're into celebrity couples. Each week we have a different guest come on and they discuss their favorite celebrity couple who's no longer together. So um, we go through what got the couple together, what made them so intoxicating as a couple, what yeah. made them break up. We find out who, of course, won the breakup. Yes. So in these times, in these dark times, if you need an hour or so of some some frothy celeb nostalgia, then this and is the I podcast do. for you. We've had some great couples so far, more to come. Yeah. So the way they were out every Friday, please do come listen. It's so good. I love the one that just came out was about Prince. Oh, Prince and Sheila E. We had Ed yeah. Byrne. I want to get, we've had some great guests, great couples. I'm still waiting for the uh, Gwen Stefani, Gavin Rossdale episode. <gasps> no one's brought them on yet as a couple, but I'm dying for that to happen. We have oh so many God. couples. We haven't even done any Tom Cruise couples. We have so oh much to come. Oh my god! Yeah, but we've you done need a list of what's taken. Yeah, which I think this Friday. I, well, actually, no, I don't know when this episode comes out, so I shan't say. But oh, either way, on, go on, give us the scoop because well, this Friday coming out is a big one. It's Brangelina, so I'm pretty. Oh, and we should say that it's also hosted by Grania Maguire, Grania, who is one of our lovely there, former Taylor. guests. I'm just yeah. saying, she's also been on your show as well. So you've now yeah. had everyone involved. In <laughs> all of the hosts have been on this podcast, Yay. and um, so it's it's a mutual love. It is us and you guys. So please come listen to us; you'll enjoy it. It's a su- it's so brilliant. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. It's a really really good podcast. It's a great idea. You have like an incredible knowledge of celebrities. Yeah, to the you're point like where an encyclopedia. Just... You always Grony gives you such shitty things to guess, and you always guess them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always stunned because the part of the game is that you have to guess who the couple from some really shitty clues and people have asked me the amount of my friends good friends of mine who are like well you really know who they are actually don't you you actually you know every week and I'm like no that'd be so weird and lame if I yeah. pretended every week I never ever know and there has been a few oh, I I'm a genius guessed. I guess but I just happen to know a lot about celebrities that's why I'm totally broke not a lot of money in knowing celebs but... <laughs> amazing it's a really fun podcast oh yeah, well thank I you so it. much guys thank you Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank this you. has been so much fun. I've loved yay. this. This has been great. I'm shit faced. Permanent member of the. Oh yay! yay. <laughs> I'm just yay. getting up to where Taylor was about eight hours ago. Our work here. <laughs> <is done. laughs> Give it up for our guest Chantal Fiducci and Pate. Thank you guys. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Just as well. Thank you to Acus and thank you for listening. Bye.